Hey yo, I'm Jose. I play Sochi. You hear a murky You see a hand that reaches out and grabs Sochi's face. It burns, you hear the sizzling of his flesh, and it pulls him in. Where the hell am I? You've returned. As you turn around and you see that part of your tree of life uh, is being destroyed by this group of people that you let in at one Oh, stop! What are you guys doing? As long as I have this flower tattoo on my back, I'll always do what's best for my people. You must care for this seed as if it was your own child. Find us a new place for our people to exist. Do our people proud. Say thank you. I won't miss this chance. Hello everyone, welcome back to another fun episode of Roll Call. I'm here with Sochil, or how some of you might know him as, Jose. Hello everyone, it's good to be back. Yeah, so you know, with Roll Call, our listeners probably know this, but I always like to explain it. We're just going to roll a couple of dice, uh, ask a couple of questions, maybe learn a little bit more about you and Sochil, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Great. So do you want to roll the dice or do you I get to roll the dice? Uh, I'm going to do it. D20. Um, you're going to need a D4, a D6, D4. a D12, and a D20. All right. I have them. Which ones do I roll? Uh, roll a D4. That's a one. Ooh. So for a one, what is Sochil's favorite food? Well, he loves ice cream. And it's more to do with the coldness of it than the texture. He likes he likes cold things, and you know, in the forest, with no electricity, you don't run into a lot of cold things. So it's a treat for him. What flavor of ice cream would he like, or would they like? I'm sorry if I mispronounced or misgendered your character. Well, that's the thing about Sochu is that he technically doesn't have a gender, because his people do not have reproductive organs. But for the ice cream, he's a great, he's a big fan of vanilla. This respectable flavor. I myself am a vanilla lover, but I always go for a strawberry as well. So would you like to roll some more dice? Hell yeah. Another D4? Yep. Go for it. And it's a four. So when your character is bored, what do they think about? Well... Whenever he has time to himself, his thoughts always wander back to, you know, what was his past, his people. And his dominant thought is usually, I need to plant a seed of life to revive his people. So it weighs heavy on his, in his head, you know, as they they say, where is the head that wears the crown? Yeah, I, I get that. Now, so there's many instances where one could kind of get lost in their own thoughts with the amount of conversation that's going on here. Um, In the most recent episode, we're going to name it Conference of the Gods. Um, What does Socio think about when dealing with the whole present issue of Mog's father passing? He blames himself a lot. He is naive when it comes to uh, leading or when it comes to saving people, I would say. And I think that's kind of uh, 
noticeable in the past episodes uh, with the old man and uh, some other parts. And he's pretty idealistic when it comes to trying to understand one another. So he always tries to see where the other person's coming from, um, even if they're trying to kill him. And so when he tried his hardest to save, uh, save him from dying, he really put his heart and soul and he was ready to give up an, an arm for him at one point. Speaking of that arm, I noticed or it was a little bit of an illusion, it seems like, to maybe a rotten fruit or more or less parasitic sort of virus or plant-like material. Do you think that could be related to your tree of life? Um, most definitely. The tree of life was infected with a fungi of some sort. And that permutated throughout the air uh, with the spores that it gave off and infected all his people. And so while it took a while for him to recognize it, he made the connection between uh, the signs of the man dying and his past. Okay. So can you take out a D6 and roll that for me three times? All right, that's a four, five, and a three. A four, a five, and a three. All right. So for your first one, a four. What excites you most about this character? What excites me most is him, is, is seeing how he's able to achieve his goal. You know, they say it's 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 not necessarily the destination, it's the journey. And seeing all the struggles that Sochiu has gone through and probably still will face in the future, and seeing how he's able to adapt, overcome those obstacles, and how he changes, you know, for better or for worse, and just seeing if he's able to accomplish accomplish his goal, which is to plant the seed of life and revive his people. Would you say one of those obstacles was killing the old man, one of the last remnants of his people or their people? I would say that his obstacle was, wasn't was killing the old man. It was failing to trust the old man in what he was saying. He He's idealistic when it comes to our understanding, but it's to the point where it can be a detriment to him. And... You know, as much as he wants to understand the old man, he also wants the old man to understand him. And that's kind of where it it fails because you can't really expect other people to do the things you want, right? You kind of have to adapt and he was too stubborn to do that. So I would say the obstacle was him trying to understand the old man and the way he overcame it was by killing him. Okay. So I guess this would open up another obstacle of being literally the last person of your kind. Yeah. So I am the king of the people of the Yach, and the Yach is the tree of life. 
which took inspiration from Yggdrasil and it's pretty heavy on him that he is the last person alive and that if he fails his mission then his people will be extinct forever and that is a pretty big motivation for him hmm. does so she'll have any hopes of any sort well the one thing he's missing is what are the conditions to grow the seed you know he can try to plant it like a regular fruit tree or whatever or there might be something more that he's missing and i think he's hoping to have all the pieces of the puzzle before he tries to complete the picture and that might be something he needs to learn that sometimes he just needs to try things and without knowing what the result might be, that that's okay. You know, that's part of life. You have to take a leap of faith sometimes. Let's get to our next question. Does your character have any nicknames? Would they have created a nickname for themselves? Or do you think the group would have at least made them a nickname? Uh, not necessarily. There isn't really a nickname. Um, everybody who is not the king is the same in terms of status and their position in the community. The thing that distinguishes the king from everyone else would be a flower of life tattoo that is on their back when they are born. Um, they might call him, you know, leader or king, but his name is Sochi, and that's X-O-C-H-I-T-L, which means flower. Where did you come up with that name from? Why did you pick flower or Sochi? Well... well one of my relatives is named Sochilu, and that's a pretty name, I thought. So, and it's—I don't necessarily think it's a one specific gender type of name. I think it can go to either or, and it doesn't really matter in my case because um, the people of the Yach are non-gender. So, I guess we talked about how he needs possibly the instructions on the seed of life. Um, where to plant it, maybe what might be needed to plant. Um, how do you think, if you were put in his same position, how do you think he would go about it? You said testing out a couple of things. What might he test out, or they test out? Excuse me, I am so sorry. Well, I think it would make sense to start out with the basics. You know, have a, have a plot of land, or maybe even a flower pot, and just dig a hole, plop the seed in there, cover it up, water it, wait a day or two, see if it's growing any roots. Well, probably more than a day or two, but just, you know, a little while to see if the seed is taking root or not. And we go from there. Do you suspect that... Actually, I don't want to ask that question yet. Question five. Other than the mystical, what personality quirks does your character embody? Well... He's idealistic in the sense of, as I said before, trying to understand people and also in the sense of leading, you know, as a king, you have to lead your people. And so he always tries to do the best he can. And sometimes he ignores his own, um, what's the word, mental health for, if the, for the sake of other people. And 
he's also it's also very difficult for him to trust other people and that has to do with uh, a giant mistake he made in his past of trusting the Ujalans and that has shaped him to be very cautious of what he shares with other people you know what what he tells other people hence why when he received the tree of life seed he stashed it away without telling anyone because you know he doesn't know what the other people might think when they see it or hear about it and he's also pretty stubborn it's hard for him to kind of shift his train of thought when um, other people need him and so a lot of times he should be doing something but he just reserves he's pretty reserved and he keeps to himself do you have a d12 i do and that's a five we need you to roll that four more times four more times okay or three more times sorry i can't do math and you want each one or the sum each one all right six eight two so, starting off with your first one. Other than the tree of life, or the seed, I guess, that uh, you have, what is the one thing your character can't live without? Hmm. The one thing Sochil cannot live without. I would say that that is more internal than a physical item. And I would say knowing that he gave it his all. If he knew that he, you know, gave up midway on purpose, I think he couldn't live with himself. I think that guilt would eat away at him. So I think him giving 100% all to anything he does is really important to him. He's someone who he starts a task and he sees it through. So I would say honor, you know, is pretty important to him. And keeping his word, being loyal to his people. Number six. Actually, I'm going to scratch number six. We've kind of answered a lot of that. Just talking about your character's strengths or weakness or personality traits in regarding to certain positions or um, whatnot. Same thing with moral codes and everything. Um, do you think your character gets along with others? And out of the group, who? I think... He is fine with the whole group in general. There isn't anyone he dislikes for for sure. The one he would get along with the most, I would say, is uh, Dizzy Dreadwood. And that's because, you know, the group in the same location, the same uh, forest. Uh, he is also someone who is pretty reserved, doesn't necessarily talk when he doesn't need to. It's more like if he has something to say, it's worth listening not to say that the other people of the group are not worth listening, but, you know, sometimes Satan or uh, Bo or Boyan have discussions that he's not necessarily interested in. What is a car or stuff like that? If your character could get to know anyone else in the party, though, who would it be? I think he would like to get to know Mateus more. Um, him being an older person... And he sees the innocence in them. 
in Mateus, and he wants to, you know, have some of that again. He wants, he wants some of the hurt innocence to rub off on him, I would say. And he appreciates that, and he wishes he has more of that in his life. I know you got your inspiration from Idrisil, and I believe a little bit of, uh, cult, like maybe a cultural influence of your own, as well as your sister, uh, your family member member's name. Um, is there anything else you would wish that you included in your character's backstory that you can't do right now, or maybe could do down the line? Well, that's something I don't really know at the moment, because as of now, I'm pretty happy with um, where my character's at at the moment. I he is he drew yes a lot of cultural influence from me. Um, he there is a lot of Aztec influence in terms of his community, minus all the sacrifice and killing all the tribes part, but. Uh, in the sense of how he's the king and he rules over everyone. And there is a lot of influence from Avatar with the connection to the tree and how it's really important to them. And then there's also inspiration from, uh, well, probably shouldn't say, <laughs> but uh, the fungi disease, if some of you guys can read between the lines, has inspiration as well inspiration with the tree and nature as a whole is this why you picked druid exactly you know i wanted someone who is more not necessarily nomadic because they don't really move anywhere but they're closer to nature it's kind of a spiritual thing in a sense and they respect the living things around them a lot and yeah, they are peaceful people. They try to keep to themselves. They are self-sufficient. So there's really no need for them to venture outside their own territory. Do your people believe in revenge? Or are they a forgiving people? I think that they are vengeful people. And that's something that's never really been... Um, explored before for them because you know being self-isolated they don't really run into people that they don't get along with and you know with the Ujalans coming and burning everything down that was a you know that was a great shock for them I would say and probably more than just a shock I like to think that they are people capable of loving beyond to the moon and back but as deep as their love can be so can their grief and hatred so where do you uh where do you see the story going from this point i have some ideas i don't want to give anything away that's i don't know i don't want to say anything that sounds too cheesy or too uh, cliche but um, obviously one would be he plants the seed and then he revives his people, you know, and he lives and he's able to rule over them. And, you know, it's a happy ever after for him, at least. And then there's also an idea where he fails, you know, he doesn't 
revive his people in time. He is either the seed is destroyed or something and he's left alone or he dies. Or maybe he dies and the seed lives on. But those are some ideas I've been thinking about. Not sure which one to choose, so I don't know. Maybe the audience could tell me which way to lean. All right. Well, I'd say before we move on to our last set of questions, are there any questions for me? What is the most annoying part about Sochi for you? Um, hmm. Like, do you wish he was more outspoken? Do you wish he stuck to his decision more? I believe that uh, these characters are really more of an uh, extension of yourselves. So there's really nothing that... Oh, don't tell them that. Then they're going to know all of my characteristics <laughs> and my own uh, insecurities. Oh, I mean, like, like hey, it's, uh, I've when I played D&D, I basically made... I'm a hyper-realistic version of myself. So super, like, <laughs> I have anxiety. Um, I also am a germaphobe. So, like, I made one of my characters, like, super cognizant of disease and germs, which would make him very adverse um, to, not adverse, but, um, what's that? He would, he would really like to avoid conflict because he does not want to get blood on himself for his things. I um, see. So he would mostly act as a pacifist so then he could basically just not deal with the cleanup afterwards. Um, nor does he like going into gross, terrible places, but that would make him a great sort of medicine man or medic in that sort of way. Um, I wanted to create a class that was more um, helpful as well. I, Whenever I play games, I'm, I play support roles because I feel like I'm doing more work supporting than I am killing the opposing team by making sure my teammates are alive so oh yeah killing them you know it's just way too easy so you gotta challenge yourself with support oh yeah totally yep i don't have a hard time in apex legends or any of those other games (laughs) but um (laughs) but no i think nothing okay here's a question for you what do you what did you first think of when you heard the origins of my character i liked it um i truly liked it i uh, initially had like a more um a more sci-fi epic theme for you um where a creature would be hunting you throughout this whole entire thing and it was more or less that like the side effects of the creature is that it spreads spores um, which would then replicate itself um and these things are like hell-bent on a certain like species or type of person before they can move on to their next prey. And so that's why it's so driven to like come after you and everything. But then um, I changed that partly because hmm, I didn't know how that would fit well. Also, I think the, um, the what's it called? The scaling of the creature was like incredibly like difficult and you would need to be a higher level before you would even be able to even come across it. So I didn't want to do that initially because I was afraid of killing practically anyone. Now, I mean, I'm not afraid of it, but I don't want to do it either. Um, yeah, okay. But I have I, another I, question. Yeah. How do you, you know, you say that you don't want to kill us, but you're also not afraid. So how do you gauge where you draw the line in the sand? So far, I, the, the, this is what I do at work. 
Um, what I do at work is that I I don't kill them or I don't try to kill my coworkers. Or <laughs> I hope not. So, um, well, maybe just in your head, but oh yeah, a hundred percent. But mainly, what I do is I try to give soft no's or like try to drive them in a way that isn't like I wouldn't do this. So one comment or phrase I usually give is like, I can try um, or I'll see what I can do. Um, but for you all, I'll say, oh, okay, cool. You want to do that? Like I'll repeat kind of what you want to say or I'll ask you like, what did you want to do again? Um, to kind of get an understanding that, oh, this is definitely what you want to do. Um, and you're more than happy to do it. At first, I was like very adverse uh, to letting your characters do something terrible and silly but then i noticed i kind of roll weird and roll really well so yeah that's kind of some bs honestly it's how i play uh beer pong i kind of like moved it to everything i do um instead of like roll it like normal i kind of like flick it and have it have a backspin and then it just kind of twirls on the right ones i do have like two dice uh dice sets that are terrible whenever i roll them i don't like them but my metal dies are like my best rolling ones. Hmm. My blue one is like very even. And I think my vomit colored one and my bone one are vomit like my color. worst. Yeah, it's like a greenish brown. It's, I don't know why, I remember why I bought them actually. I bought them because I was on a date and I was like, pick out uh, the dice uh, that you think I should get. And she picked the vomit colored ones. And I was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> you're like uh date's over but not really but she did actually pick out these vomit ones i don't know why but um i guess that was a sign but okay um, yeah i should get some metal dye myself they're nice especially i'd say i like the not like the actual like original ones that aren't hollowed out um i just like the weight that they give um but you have to be careful especially if you get sharp edges because then they'll it could possibly, if you drop them on the floor and lose track of them, they'll stab you in the foot. Um, like, I have a caltrop one, basically. It's a D4. It's just sharp as I don't know what. Um, hey, you get what you pay for, right? Um, I actually got that from uh, Marco. Uh, he bought that with uh, one of my other friends. They were both thinking about me and got me a set of dice, and I use it constantly. Oh, man, I wish my friends thought about me and bought me a set of dice. Oh, trust me, we're thinking about it. If we can get those numbers up and hopefully <laughs> accrue some interest from corporations, um, we can possibly get the whole set a pair of dice. Also, anyone in the audience who has suggestions for dice, let me know. You know, join the Discord, post it. I need some dice. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. And we can make that a poll. We can help you on your dice journey, and then you can too can become a dice gremlin. But um, but yeah, no. So I mostly do that. I mostly just kind of rephrase what you want or ask again, like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" But now I'm going to change that up, where I'm just not even going to say that anymore. I'll just say, "Okay." And yeah, it's, I'll do so. It's more on the what the player says goes in a sense. A hundred percent. It's now up to your fellow players to possibly keep you from death small. I will keep that in mind for future roles. So any other questions before we move on? No, but if I do have one, I'll interrupt you. Yeah, of course. Um, so let's move on to the D20s. I need five rolls from the D20s. 
All right, we have 11, 13, 20, 9, and 6. So I know your character was knocked out um, through his major backstory event, and he couldn't handle the situation of Ujalan's burning down his home and killing his people. But given an opportunity where you have to handle other situations and your character feels helpless um, or out of control, how would your character handle these situations? I think he learned from the old man situation that he needs to rely on his peers, that he doesn't need to shoulder everything on his own. And even if it's of no concern, well, what he thought was of no concern to his team, um, it actually does affect them. You know, they were in the battle with him. Uh, They were scared. They didn't know what this thing was. And, you know, he kind of left them in the dark. And so he's learned that he needs to include, you know, his, his team, that he needs to include his group on what's going on in his life. So he, he's learning to rely on other people. Nice. Now, if you are relying on other people, maybe like an NPC, are you more apt to treat NPCs, I guess, dismissive, respectfully, uh, disrespectfully? I know we've come across a couple of NPCs already, Ida, Eiffel, all of them. Um, and I don't recall a lot of interactions with them, but... Yeah, what's your stance on them? How do you feel about that? He hasn't really talked to Ido Eiffel uh, necessarily. And I think it's mostly because they are, are a third party to him in a sense, you know, even though they might be close with other people in uh, his group. He himself necessarily had hasn't had you know, sort of he hasn't had a conversation to kind of put his foot in the door, so to speak, with them. And because of that, it's, well, it's, it's hard for him to kind of let other people in if he doesn't necessarily know them. Would you or, I guess, so she'll ever like to have maybe a conversation with these characters? or I think you'd be interested in learning more about them and trying to figure out what their purpose is more like. Since being a plant being, he's not a human. And so the ways of the human world, he's not really familiar with them. You know, he can he can live in a human city. He can, you know, I, I would say that he would be just fine on his own. But all the other inter- intricacies of human relationships with uh, other people is something that's kind of foreign to him. You know, him being the king and having, you know, no reproductive uh, organs is not necessarily a sense of family, it's more of a community. And so I think those types of relationships, he understands, but he, it's hard for him to empathize or sympathize. Okay. 
does this sympathy, could this sympathy also stem from maybe any psychological trauma that they might have received while kind of entering back into the world or maybe even through some of the battles? Yeah, whenever he, you know, sees his teammates get hurt, he's always afraid of losing people he knows. Even if they're not super close, um, he just doesn't want to lose any more people. And so he tries to save anyone he can. Yeah, he just kind of hopes for the best and he tries his best to never let that happen again where he loses people that are meaningful to him. Could your love for your fellow team members or maybe humanity run dry? And could there be a bias that's formed from this relationship? Uh, I think as with any person or any relationship, I just, I should say, there's always a chance that it kind of goes stale. You know, you lose touch with the person, you kind of drift apart, or maybe whatnot. So I think that is a possibility that it could run dry, as you say. But I think it's more... Sochi is capable of isolating his feelings from different groups, right? So it's not necessarily like he loves humanity or hates humanity as a whole, you know, he is capable of, you know, loving one person or a group of people, perhaps, but he's also hate or capable of dislike, you know, hating a certain group as well. In this case, the Ujalans, that's someone he holds deep, uh, deep hatred for. And just because he hates the Ujalans doesn't mean he hates everyone in the world who are, or he doesn't, he doesn't hate humanity as a whole. Okay. So I noticed that you mentioned Ujalans again, and, and I know their stance or their authority might be more or less uh, uh, dictatorial um, or maybe less spare the child or spare the rod but more or less um, very abusive, uh, very violent. What is your stance on maybe these sort of factions that might be a little bit more overly aggressive? What is your stance on maybe more or less the Akanyan authority uh, that we have that seems to be more accepting and open? The people of Yach are more nonviolent people than they are violent. And so they don't really rule with an iron fist and they try to, you know, do things for the greater good of the community. There isn't a strong sense of self, I would say. There is more of a we than an I, if you know what I mean. There's a sense of us that he's familiar with. And so when he sees, you know, or when he experienced the Ujalans of cruelty, and then when he witnesses the Arcanians' uh, acceptance, he sees that, you know, people are very different from one group of people to the next. And I think he 
is a lot more favorable to, or the Arcanians are more favorable to him. So that's what I would say. So would you go to say that he would agree with their ideas of trying to not get into a war, even if there is a war in people that need aid? He wouldn't go that far because he is the type of person who wants to save people. But he also, he's idealistic and I would say naive in that sense that he wants to save everyone. But he also doesn't want to, or he isn't, I guess, accustomed to violence as much. Um, Obviously, he's changed after being reborn, but his foundation, his characteristics that he grew up as were more peaceful. Well, thanks, Jose, or should I say Sochil, for taking out some time of your day to talk to me. Yeah, you can call me Jose or Sochil, or you can call me tonight. That's fine. (laughs) Um, before we close off, is there maybe like, once again, any sort of questions that you might have, um, or, or for me, um, or anything like that? Um, I guess a question I have for you would be, how do you deal with a roller who is going against the grain and not necessarily going with the flow? Yeah, that's easy. Um, for most of the stuff that I've done is I have like a script written out. So like I have like certain ideas of where I want it to go, but um, which something I noticed on the first day is that there's no way in hell I can do a detailed script like that. <laughs> um, so now I leave my script very much open to where I my formatting goes as I will basically do a recap at the oh, top. Listen oh. up, folks. He's giving out his secret. Uh, hey, I don't, I don't know if it's that much of a secret, <laughs> uh, um, but I do a recap at the front. Just to remind myself of the previous episode. Um, that's usually what I read off of, but sometimes, you know, I don't really do a good job of that. Um, but from there I write my goals for the session. So I might say, uh, go into someone's backstory a little bit more, or maybe just move the characters from one place to the next. Um, and then I might do a setting of the scene and then I might have some just highlighted points if maybe certain topics come up. Um, I also have my notes worth of things. So if I need to scribble something out and change something on the fly, I have the opportunity of doing that. But most of the time, if it is changing something up and I don't really feel like writing it out, I just come up with it in my head and then, uh, write it down for later. Um, so most of the time, yeah, I mean, obviously there are some times where like y'all go so off the beaten path that I'm just like, okay, like we actually covered about, we had to rip up a whole additional session because y'all went further than necessary. And I had to grab notes for later on, um, and move things around there. So it's like a little bit of planning. And even if the planning does like break down, I have backup plans and then if it's again, just improvise. Um, so yeah, let's say that. All right. Well, I appreciate you, you know, working with such a chaotic group and it's been really fun being a part of this campaign. Yeah.
Um, I enjoy it a lot. I actually look forward to doing these on the regular basis, seriously, um, because sometimes you need a break from the real world, and this is my break normally. So, yeah. But um, for all who are listening right now, please follow us on our socials. Follow Sachil or Jose on any of his socials that we'll have in the show notes. Um, please, please, please give us reviews. Answer our polls down at the bottom of Spotify. Um, we have an Instagram. We have an X or Twitter. We have a Threads, which I don't know how long that's going to keep up. And then we also have a, we have a TikTok as well. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on all those things. And we also have a Discord where we do, um, on Mondays, we have a sort of social night where me and maybe a couple of cast members will maybe look at a Dimension 20 or Critical Role show um, that happens there. We also have a meme channel for just random assortments of memes um, and whatnot. TikTok also has a whole hell of a lot of memes as well as possible spoilers for certain episodes, so... Uh, be careful when you're scrolling through that, or you might ruin some things for yourself. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug, Jose? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to my parents. They are very hardworking people, and I appreciate them and love them a lot. And they've given me tons of opportunities, and I've taken as many as I can. And now I'm here. So shout out to mom and dad. Make sure you guys appreciate your parents whenever you can. So. Shout out to the cool parents, am I right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Well, thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next session. <laughs>